Turn to Matthew 16. Matthew 16, and a little different tonight. This won't be a typical sermon or Bible study, just more of a devotion, but um, just some thoughts I've had recently, and um, not not thoughts about anybody in this room particularly, but um, this is some actually some thoughts I'd had a long time ago, and I'd was looking through some of my old notes, and I saw this and thought it might be an encouragement for us on a Wednesday night, and so I thought tonight would be a good time for it. But um, and it's related to the church and um, the importance of the church. So if you're in Matthew 16, um, Jesus here is teaching his disciples, and um, a, a familiar verse, uh, I think, to many of us. But if you go back up, and, and let's start in verse 13. Oh. Sorry, thought I had the verse up there, but it died, of course. All right, verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I really want to focus just on that phrase where Jesus says, I will build my church. I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And just, it's so important there to realize that when Jesus said the word church, he wasn't talking about thousands of brick buildings like we're in today, nice buildings like we're in today. He's talking about people, isn't he? That word church is ecclesia. It's a called out gathering of people. And so Jesus says, I'm going to build my people, and that's what he's done, and that's what he will continue to do. And, and we know that it's not we who build it, but he who builds it. Um, you know, it, it's interesting, you can even go back, or you can go now to a place like Ephesus, for example, and you won't find those churches that Paul ministered to in, in the book of Acts. Those churches, per se, at some point, stopped existing. And that could happen in any church, right? I we, we've purchased some equipment from this church that has disbanded. Uh, and so that could happen in any church uh, who doesn't follow the Lord or who decides to split up for various reasons. But Jesus says this, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So there will always be uh, a church. There will always be the people of God, and he will make sure of that. And so I think we know church is important, and so I want to give you four extremes that people go to when it relates to church. Okay, so, and none of these may apply to anybody in here tonight, but either you've been this person before, or you know people like this. Or it may apply to somebody. I don't know. Number one, some people treat the church with extreme neglect. And I'm preaching to the choir. It's the Wednesday night crowd. But y'all know, we know this, that some people neglect participation in the local church. Y'all know people who say this, like, well, I don't need to go to church. I can worship anywhere. You ever people say that? I've had people tell me that, like, I can worship Jesus in a deer stand. And I'm like, you know what? You're absolutely right. 
you can go on a boat on the lake and worship Jesus. You can go anywhere, down the road in your car. You can worship anywhere. But that does not negate the fact that we need to be around the church, the body of Christ. Um, it's, it's, part of, it's part of growing in our faith. We need the inspiration from each other. We need the accountability from one another. Um, I'm inspired by your faith sometimes, and, and I hope vice versa. We need people that we know when times are rough, we can ask to pray for us. I don't really know how someone has assurance of their salvation if they're not involved in church. Because I don't know how they live out the New Testament teachings apart from the church. When, G when Paul writes, encourage one another, love one another, serve one another, teach one another, give to one another. I don't know how you do that apart from that connection to your local your local church. We know scripture, Hebrews 10, 25 says, do not neglect the meeting ourselves together. We also know 1 John 2, 19 says this, they went out from us because they were not of us. And am I saying that you have to go to church every time the door is open? No, we, we miss sometimes, especially now with sicknesses, there's, re there's certainly good reasons to miss, but it should be a desire for us to want to be around the church. That should be a desire we have as Christians. Um, Think about it this way. The Bible says that we are the bride of Christ. We've heard that, right? We're the bride of Christ. He loves us like a bride. Can someone be my friend and hate my bride? Like, what if Tony came up and said, hey, want to go eat this weekend? Come out and eat Friday night. Don't invite Jess. <laughs> she can't come. That'd be weird, wouldn't it? No. Why can't she come? And he wouldn't say that, of course. But I'm just saying as an example. Nobody's ever said that. They actually would think, let Jesse come, you stay home. That's what they would say. But if someone doesn't like my bride, then me and them really can't get along. We're not going to get along. And the church is the bride of Christ. If we say, or if someone says, hey, I love Jesus, then they must love his bride. If they don't, I question their love for Jesus. And again, I'm preaching to the choir, but some people extremely neglect the church. And maybe there's reasons for that. Um, well, y'all tell me, what are some reasons you think people neglect the church? Guilt because of their past or the sin in their lives? Yeah. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, but what would you say to someone who said, I don't want to go to church because I feel too guilty to go? What would you say to them? Yeah, we're all sinners. That's what it's for, right? Come down to the church. There's a lot of perfect people there. Is that what we say? No. There's no perfect people there. Someone said if you find a perfect church, don't join it because you would mess it up. <laughs> you know. So, but again, putting ourselves in someone else's mindset, I can see how that's hard for some people. Maybe for years and years who've not gone to church and not been a part of that, I can see how that guilt might could build up in their lives, lives to, to not want to be there. How could you help that person? Witnessing, yeah. Yeah. What were you saying, Ray? Right. Yeah. I think that's the kind of person you gotta say, like, hey, just come to church with me and just sit with me, you know, just you know, you'll see we're not perfect, we're not all perfect, you know. Um, but that's that's a real thing. There are people that deal with that and yeah, I mean that that's exactly what I put here in my notes. Fear, fear being judged, right? Um I hope, we don't, I hope we're not a church that judges people. 
I've been to churches like that before. Someone walks in that may not be just like everybody else, and they immediately get judged. Um, so there are reasons why people neglect the church, and people always tell me like, "Hey, you need to invite you need so and so kind of been in church, you need to invite them to church." And I will do that, but I think y'all know my y'all know me by now. Like I don't beat people over the head about not going to church, because I just kind of think if you're a believer, you should be in church, and. Now, we all need some encouragement from time to time, and we can do that, but um, I don't know. I think, I think for us, we need to make sure we don't neglect the church. Number two, some people go the other extreme, and that is extreme legalism. That's people who see their membership or their participation in the church as like their salvation. And we, we talk about this so much, but that's the people who, you know, I'm a member of so-and-so church. I've been going there many years, so I'm right with God. And what can happen is we can become like those Pharisees that Jesus dealt with who thought their traditions and their religious experiences was the thing when we know that the thing for us is to trust Jesus Christ. He alone is our Savior. And, and I, I remember being in my 20s probably and getting really active in church, really reading the Bible a lot, and going to church three times a week. I mean, Sunday school, Sunday morning. Wednesday night, Sunday night. We had Bible study on Sunday night before Sunday night service. So we'd go so much. And I, I guarantee there are times, especially in my 20s, where I started thinking, like, I was pretty special because I was going to church so much. I know that. And in my immaturity, I was like, I'm probably better than him. I'm going to church seven times a week. But, but that's not the right attitude, is it? As a matter of fact, if I was doing the right, if I was doing the right things, the closer I got to the Word and to Christ, I would be more humble, <laughs> not less humble. But there's a real danger for that, and I've seen it so many times in church. And, and Matthew 7 is my text here. Um, we've, we've quoted Matthew 7 many times before, um, where Jesus said, In that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not do all these things in your name? And he will say, Depart from me, for I never knew you. And we must remember that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, and we must guard our hearts from legalism from thinking I'm better than someone else because of my own standard when the standard is Jesus and none of us can actually live up to it. And so that's number two. Number three, extreme passiveness. This is people, these are people who who go to church but don't really feel like they can play a role in it. And I read a story about extreme passiveness one time. I don't know if this is even true, maybe a legend. But they say in the 1960s, JFK was going to a, the space center, some space center, to see how they were doing against the Soviet Union uh, when it comes to the space race. And he got away from the press and walked down this hall, and he saw a man carrying a mop and a bucket. And the president looked and said, uh, he said, sir, what are, you, what are you doing in here? And the janitor looked up and said, hey, I'm putting a man on the moon. <laughs> I'm helping to put a man on the moon. And he's like, great, keep at it, you know. But the guy was just mopping the floor. But in that space center who was trying to put a man on the moon, he saw himself as a part of what they were doing. He knew what we need to know as a church, that is that every member matters. Every person matters. I found this um, in Nehemiah chapter 11. You're going to turn there, but I'll just read it to you. But in Nehemiah 11, it, na it lists out these names of like these priests and these leaders and then these gatekeepers. And their names I can't even pronounce to you because they're too hard to say. 
But in Numbers, I mean, Nehemiah eleven nineteen, they mention some of these guys. And it says there's like a hundred of them, over a hundred. And that may not seem like very inspiring scripture to go through some of those names in the Old Testament. But that particularly in Nehemiah 11 shows me that in the work that God was doing, every person mattered. That every person had a role to play. And I think, I just want to remind you all that tonight. And again, I'm preaching to the choir because everybody in here tonight does do a role in our church. Um, but we need to encourage others in our church who maybe don't, who maybe just come and sit, that there are things you can do, right? I mean, um, everybody in here right now does a role from, from you think about Mark and Trey just kind of protecting us, you know, in the church back there. And I know Tony and Cooper's help with the computer. Um, of course, Paul Jr. was some of our recording. I mean, everybody, Michelle and Brandy now doing the nursery stuff. Um, Sunday school teaching, I mean, just there's all these different roles, and that's what the church should be. Um, and we need more and more people to, to embrace their roles, to find roles and embrace them. It could be to be an encourager. Um, you know, I mean, Nick's not here tonight, but Nick sits on his front pew and encourages me the whole time I'm preaching because he's like amen and into it. But he encourages me outside of here, too. He said stuff out, outside, hey, he'll tell me something very encouraging. And Hey, that's big. I need that encouragement. Maybe some of you are servants, and you do some things for others that people don't even know about, but that's a servant. Or you give. You give to help different things. And whatever it is, the Bible says we are the body of Christ. It doesn't matter if you're a hand, a foot, an ear, a mouth. We're all the body of Christ, and we need to make sure we're doing our part uh, for, for this particular body. So that's extreme passiveness. Don't be passive. There's not room for passiveness in the church we want everyone to be a part and to be an active part number four extreme inwardness extreme inwardness i once talked to a church planner and he had had a church going for a few years and i said what's the hardest part of being a church planner he said the hardest part is to is to not be inward he said we're always focused on what are we doing on sunday morning what are we doing on wednesday night and he said the hardest thing was to figure out how to get our people to live the Christian life outside the, the church building. And I think he's right. I think we have oftentimes a Noah's Ark mentality. What did Noah do? Let's get all the animals in the ark. Y'all all get on the ark and you'll be safe. And I think we have that mentality sometimes. If we could just get people to church, they'll be safe. But the New Testament mentality for church is let's get together and worship and then let's go and be the hands and feet of Christ be the witnesses of Christ, be the body of Christ out in this world. It's kind of like, um, I guess at Caledonia Cooper, Fridays they have pep rallies, football pep rallies on Fridays. You know, we'll, you wouldn't go to the pep rally on Friday, everybody get excited, the band's playing, the cheerleaders are cheering, everybody's there, and then nobody goes to the game. Like, you wouldn't do that, would you? I mean, and this is our pep rally when we meet together at church, but the game is life, and we go out and to our workplaces and our families, and we we try to serve God the best we can there. And I wrote this a few years ago, and it, I think it's always appropriate. But our church needs to be defined more by what happens on Monday through Saturday than what happens on Sunday at 1030. I'll say, I'll, I'll take a step further. Our church is defined more by what happens Monday through Saturday than what happens at Sunday at 1030. And is Sunday important? Yes. Is, is Wednesday important? Yes. But what we do when we leave this place is what's the most important. Anybody, pretty much, can come and sit in a church building on a chair and hear preaching or teaching. But our, if we're really born again, if we're really following Christ, 
our goal is to leave here and go and serve and do what God's called us to do. So I really just want to share these few thoughts with you tonight. Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And look, we need to see the church as Christ saw the church. The Bible says he loved her and gave himself for her. We need to love each other and love the church. And is there much more our church can do? Absolutely. But we need to stick together to try to get those things, those things done. We don't want to be extreme in being hypocritical. We don't want to be extreme in being unforgiven, unforgiving or any of these other things. We want to be extreme in following Christ and loving people. That's what we want to do. Any comments that you guys have related to any of those extremes I mentioned tonight?